Welcome again to another episode of the Ryan Annoys People podcast. This podcast, of course, can be found on all podcast platforms, Spotify, CastBox, etc. I'm joined by Tulane Camille. And Camille, welcome again to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ryan. No problem. Uh, today, the uh, the Green Wave, they took on South Florida. They get to play another day, I believe. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look at the scores. Uh, yeah, so we play Friday now. We're going to play the winner of ECU, East Carolina, who's sitting at the top of our conference they want they uh you know won the regular season you know out of our conference and uh so the winner of ecu and cincinnati tomorrow so it's so 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 basically you all have get to play and then i think the championship game is on saturday i will say i did not look that far ahead either um i just uh it, it's you know you have to you, you have to you lose twice and then you're out so i was Pleasantly surprised that we won today um, after a not great showing yesterday. Um, so one game at a time, I guess. Right, which is which is which is which is fair. I mean, which is fair. I mean, tomorrow uh, Cincinnati takes on East Carolina. Memphis plays Houston, um, and then I think and I think you all play whoever wins that game between Cincinnati and East Carolina. Y'all play right. Yeah, on Friday. Okay, and then whoever wins between Wichita State and Central Florida, they play the winner of uh, they play the winner of uh, of Memphis and Houston. So we get to this thing with with Trent Jewett and Tulane, and I was one of those people. I went. I remember going to the press conference when he was hired. Um, what was your initial thoughts about? Trent Jewett coming from Vanderbilt to be the head coach at Tulane. So I really didn't know much about him. Um, you know, we I, I grew up really having Rick Jones as the coach. So and even you know, so you know that was really all I knew. Who all I knew, and then after you know he retired, he left, um, and David Pierce came in. I knew nothing about him either, um, but he gave us, I think he was with us two seasons, gave us a great two seasons. Um, he got his dream job going to, you know, University of Texas. Um, so I knew not really nothing about Coach Jewett, um, but I am forever an optimist. Um, always want to give someone a chance. So it was just like, okay, let's see how this goes. Let's see what happens. And, you know, it's expected when you bring a new coach on, for any sport, anywhere, you know, really um, Nick Saban might be the <laughs> exception that, you know, your first couple of seasons, you know, season or two going to be rough, you know, your coach, you know, you might have a different coaching style, you know, you're recruiting different kids. Um, so I, I, I knew that it was going to be, you know, one, two seasons tops that were going to be, you know, rough, just okay. Um, but then when that continued for longer, you know, for past the first couple seasons, you know, that we, you know, did just okay, you know, um, then it was kind of like, yeah, you know, why is he still here? <laughs> why do we still have him around? Um, and then, you know, obviously we're at the point where we are now, but I guess to answer your original question, I had no real opinion of him when he first came on. It was really just, 
okay, let's see what you can do. Because um, you know how you do it with one program at one school or with one team, you know, can be greatly different, you know, going elsewhere. And, and, he, and you know, everyone, I think, had a lot of expect a, a lot of what I would say uh, expectations, you know, just great expectations for him because he came from Vanderbilt. He came from Vanderbilt, and you know, this is Tulane. Like, you know, Vanderbilt and Tulane are kind of like similar. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think after a while, I was like, man, you know, after two years, you're thinking, okay they'll get you know you're going to get your he'll get his own players in and then as it as time went on i was like how in the world do you not get at least a championship like a tournament championship like how do you not end how do you not do that i mean how do you not do that by your third by your fourth year like his fourth year would have been um the, the year that it was canceled, but with, yeah. with the year that it would it was canceled, uh, but I, I looked at this thing at the at the list of champions, Houston, East Carolina, which has a really good program, which has always had a good program. Cincinnati has done, uh, won a championship, and South Florida has won uh, a championship, and they made it to the NCAA tournament. Cincinnati does not have the history that. That, that Tulane has in, in baseball, but they managed to make it to the NCAA tournament, you know, um, more recently than Tulane. Right. It's, and, you know, I think baseball, you know, because of the Rick Jones years, um, you know, and I'm can purely just speak from my lifetime experience, you know, as far as, you know, baseball program. <clears throat> Think, you know, it's a kind of, you know, it's this, you know, a little bit of a higher standard that, you know, we did at least, you know, perform very well at the, conf you know, Conference USA tournaments or, you know, winning tournaments or, um, you know, just doing very well or, you know, going to regionals, hosting regionals, you know, we did well, um, didn't always make it to the, you know, championship, you know, the NCAA championship tournament in Omaha, but still, you know, baseball was fun. You know, we didn't mind going to games all weekend. It wasn't, you know, this chore to, you know, give away tickets or, you know, make the time to go. Um, it's really been, you know, during this Travis Jewett era that, you know, like you said, first few seasons were like, come on, man. And 2020 was the first year in easily 20 years that my family didn't have baseball season tickets. And that is, you know, the season that got canceled, but I mean, we showed a lot of promise at the beginning of the season, you know, heading into, you know, end of February and what beginning of March before everything shut down. And, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we did show promise at the beginning of this season. So who knows, you know, if that would have played out better or, you know, worse in 2020, but, you know, and we'll never know and not something any of us can hold on to or look back on. I, I rather not like there's a lot of things like I think you and I can both can both agree that you cannot look on back on that year like mm -hmm. I don't remember anything from that year I remember Mardi Gras and that was it 
But even Mardi Gras, you know, those two people died at parades. Yeah. So even that's kind yeah, of tarnished. It, it, it was, yeah, it was tarnished. Like there was a photo of Candace Wright, uh, myself, Aaron and Britt, um, my, and uh, Lizzie, uh, uh, Lizzie, uh, mm -hmm. which is basically, and, and Alan Murr. We were standing in front of the Burger King on St. Charles. That's our spot. Cause that's like, those are the people I know, you know, those are the people that you normally see in the photos mm -hmm. and, and during Mardi Gras. And that photo was taken about five minutes before we learned of the tragedy during uh, Nick's that year. Yeah. And looking at that photo now, uh, and then, uh, looking at that photo now, I did not think that was going to be like a harbinger of things to come. And, 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 and I remember Alan Keller had invited me to his, he had, I had wanted to go see Alan Keller and them. They were doing Endymion and uh, they were doing Endymion. They were wow. doing a tailgate for Endymion. And for some reason, I was like, I don't feel right being over here. So I'm just going to go back to the house. And I get back to the house. It was about 8.30, about 9 o'clock. And that's when I learned someone got killed during Endymion. And it was right in the area where the tailgate was. It was uh, around, I think, South Broad and Canal Street. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, but, but, but going into this season, you guys were in first place. In the, in the in the conference right we definitely got, we got a lot of good press preseason um you know a lot of young talent you know definitely you know seniors finishing out um well yeah we got a lot of like great rankings you know great press heading into the season and you know things seem promising we you know won the series took two out of three from the defending champions mississippi state you know that was huge and I forget who it was I follow on Twitter someone else you know another Tulane baseball fan that has brought up um you know in the last couple weeks that um you know remember that weekend remember how excited we were and we thought you know we had a really great chance of you know winning the conference you know doing really well you know that was a really high point and then it, you know it teetered you know the following weekend or the weekend after that we were swept by Evansville, you know, who did not have, you know, who had this pretty pitiful record going into the weekend. And, and they ended up, uh, I think they ended up, I want to say they ended up winning the, um, no, they didn't win the Missouri Valley. They didn't win the Missouri Valley. I think uh, they finished like second or third in the conference. Wow. At, in, 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 the, in the Missouri Valley. Like they were like, they were second. They were second because uh, they uh, they were second and um, they uh, ended up they ended up um, they ended up uh, nearly winning the Missouri Valley and they're in action tonight against uh, Indiana State in, in in the tournament. Interesting. Hey, good for them. Um, you know, always like seeing you know these smaller schools do well. You know, within their conference or overall. But, but yeah, you know, baseball, whether it's, you know, the pros or in college, like with, you know, hockey or basketball, you know, you're allowed 
you know, a bad weekend, you're allowed a bad game here and there. Um, you know, it happens, but I mean, this has just kind of been a huge, you know, kind of WTF, you know, what the fuck season of, you know, we, you know, won games that we, you know, probably shouldn't have, you know, look again, Mississippi state, but then also, you know, we tank, you know, don't do well against, you know, teams that we schools that we probably should have beaten, but just the nature of the beast sometimes. And, um, you know, I really, I said when we were swept by Wichita state who, and it, which, which, which has a tremendous, tremendous baseball history. They have a really good baseball history, but they haven't, they haven't done shit, you know, as of late, but they really have a tremendous baseball history. Right. They going into that weekend against Wichita state, Wichita state was dead last in our conference and we were swept by them. And, and I, yeah. And I messaged you, I remember messaging you right before, like, I think it was that Sunday I messaged you or was it that Saturday? I, for, I, I think it was that Sunday. I think it was Saturday because we hadn't been swept yet, but I mean, after that Sunday game, though, I looked at my dad and um, I said to someone on Twitter, um, another base, baseball fan, said, you know, if this doesn't force Jewett's hand, or excuse me, Dannon's hand, Troy Dannon's hand, you know, to fire Jewett, you know, I don't know what will. Um, and, you know, last year, Jewett's contract was up for renewal and it was this very quiet, you know, or we were all wondering, you know, will he or will he not be back next year? And there was no real announcement, you know, like, you know, from the school or, you know, there was just no real indication of what happened. I, Travis Jewett, I think, showed up to the first day of fall ball in a tuxedo suit, <laughs> you know, so we're like, oh, well, here he is. And, um, you know, I don't know if in contract negotiations last year, if there was some stipulation, like you need to finish with this record or this thing, these things need to change. We don't know. We may never, we'll probably never know, but um, someone said, you know, I don't, so when I was talking to a friend about it, you know, that if the Wichita State sweep doesn't yeah, force the team's hand, who knows what will. And we all thought it would be after the conference tournament that we would hear anything. So we were quite honestly shocked when he was let go within that week after. I, I was, I was, you know, I was like shell. I was like shell shocked myself. Like personally, I was shell shocked because you messaged me that day, and you were like, "Oh yeah, they're they're firing uh, tra uh, Travis Jewett." I don't know why I call him Trent, but um, I was like shocked. I was shocked, and I was like, "Wow!" So they fired. They really fired their baseball coach. And then the question was like, "Okay, who takes this job?" And honestly. Camille, you and I have had this discussion before. Why now? Why do you think they decided to fire him before they made it to the conference tournament and, and, and so forth? I mean, I would say I would hope or wonder on it more, maybe more wonder if Dannon, you know, Troy Dannon just heard enough fans griping, you know, about why is he still here? Um, cause I mean, I'll be honest, I wouldn't have been mad, you know, if it was like an Ed Ogeron situation where he's going to finish out the season or, um, you know, I know coach O didn't coach the, their bowl game this past year, but 
it was, you know, he's going to coach us through the conference tournament and then that'll be it. Um, I mean, I think, I would think that, you know, some of the fan griping had something to do with it. I mean, I also, we, um, we would watch games from home, you know, on ESPN plus. And I mean, the crowd shots were, you know, but towards the end of the season, just pitiful, um, you know, my dad and I would talk about, we remember, you know, crowds at these games, you know, for any given game, for any opponent, you know, it wouldn't be packed, you know, it wouldn't be sold out, but I mean, you would have thought they were playing on a Tuesday at, you know, a minute, you know, during the week, you know, during the day. I mean, I remember, I remember when the game that we were, the game that we went to, the game that we went to that, that, that Friday, Mm-hmm. And it was like close to, you know, it was like, yeah, I know it was like when they, I think, started to like ease up on on restrictions. But even with that, I never, I did not, I, I you know, and I've seen games being played on the weekend at Tulane. I've seen them on TV and it. I don't even think it was even, I don't even think it was packed in. But then again, I think there was like that restriction on, on, on capacity. But even with that, it like the vibe was just way off. You know, it was just way off. I mean, there definitely are the like true guys. The there's a booster club, the Greenbackers. It's a men's two-lane booster club. They go to everything. So you'll we would always see them there. But yeah, you know, I think that, you know, you have people like my dad, you know, or myself, you know, my dad being an older fan or, you know, an old, you know honestly a loyal fan but you know with the way we've just been playing so inconsistently or you know poorly the last few seasons you know what's the point of going or you know with the rise of you know ESPN plus broadcasting these games now you know for probably I have not compared the cost but you know I imagine it's comparable or cheaper to to take out a subscription to ESPN plus, and then you can watch the game from the comfort of your home. You know, you're not sitting in the sun, you know, you're not, you know, out there with everyone else, you know, you can be home comfortable beer and food are cheaper, (laughs) but, but, you know, so I don't totally fault people for not going, but it's a shame. And, um, you know, when we canceled our tickets for the 2020 season, you know, not knowing what was coming, but, you know, my dad and I said, you know, if we ever want to go to a game, it's very easy to walk up and just buy tickets, you know, no problem. Um, we all, we said we would do that if we wanted to, but I think I went to one game in 2020 before the season got canceled. I went to two games actually last season, the one with you, Jesse and Jill, and then um, Jesse and I went to another game, a later game too. Um, but then this season, I think I went, I went to the Sunday game against Mississippi state and that was it, you know, it just, it gets so hot or, you know, again, if they're not playing well, why am I going to go sit out there and sweat, you know, when, when I'm not going to be entertained? Absolutely. And I, and I think that's the thing that people don't take into consideration. Um, one of the things is that people are going to vote and they're going to, make their wallets speak louder. And I think that's what you saw with this, that they're gonna make, um, uh, they're, they're gonna make their uh, wallets speak louder than just saying, hey, fire the coach. They're not gonna just go on the message boards. 
what they're going to do is they're going to speak with their wallets. And I think that's what happened with, 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 uh, that's why they made the coaching change. I, that's what I believe happened. I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, cause I know, you know, everyone has, you know, quote unquote, their ticket guy, their ticket rep who, you know, when again, not to keep going back to my father, but like when he was asked, you know, why aren't you renewing your tickets? You know, what can I do, you know, to make this more appealing? You know, can I help you find new seats some, you know, somewhere else in the stadium? And it was, you know, no, like we're not, pl- we haven't been playing very well, you know, and we've given you a chances or, you know, so like, what are we, you know, what am I paying for, you know, and the seasons are long, um, which is, you know, great, but then like committing to going to, you know, a full weekend is hard, but yeah, it's, you know, I think I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if there were more, more, more people like my dad who just said, you know, I'll, I'll, if they start playing better, I'll reconsider getting tickets. But for now I'm sitting this out. You know, you know, I think the thing, the thing, the, the thing is, I think if this team was playing well, you would be, you know, you would be seeing more people go to the games. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this discussion, you know, but when you keep having these swoons in Mar- in late March and early April, that takes the, win- that takes, in turn, takes the, 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 the you know, the seal, the, uh, the sales out of out of that team out of that season you know and i think that's what you saw like it's, it was a, it's the complete opposite of what you saw in memphis like with memphis like there's no way in the world memphis should ever beat Tulane in baseball that's one example mm-hmm. like there's no way because when i was a kid memphis used to always lose the Tulane in baseball there was, yeah, like a solid 20 years that we were very solid in baseball that, you know, yeah, just this, these, this season, I think was, you know, I think we were talking about this with um, Kate Gladow, that this season was the anomaly of, not even the anomaly, you know, because it's been, you know, this was just, it, it was just weird, you know, that the wild inconsistency of, you know, beating teams or, you know, like sweeping teams or, you know, beating schools that we hadn't beaten before. Like we we beat UNO on UN at UNO's field for the first time in I think it was like five years. Like we always lost to UNO. And that's not saying that you know UNO, UNO has a great baseball program. Um that's not, you know, not knocking them in the slightest. It's just, you know, so we, beating them, it was just like, whoa, okay, you know, put a little pep in our step. But then, you know, you go and get swept by Wichita State, <laughs> you know, you, you get swept by Evansville, you know, who, you know, what is happening here? So some, the season was, was weird, you know, was the best way I can describe it. It was just weird. Um, I'm glad the regular season's over. And I know earlier we talked a little bit about, um, you know, privately on messenger, you know, do the kids, you know, do, do I want them to win the tournament? Of course I do. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's next for coach Jay Ullman, um, you know, if he'll be asked to stay or what his allegiance to Travis Jewett has been. Um, so I don't know, but I would, I would love, because I think these kids, you know, work hard. They just need a good coach to guide them and help mold them into the, you know, ball players that they can be. Um, so I'd love to see them, you know, 
if not win the tournament, then just do well, you know, beat the winners of Cincinnati ECU on Friday, you know, one game at a time, but I would love to see them do well in this tournament. But at the same time, it's kind of, you know, we'll just see what happens next. Like, I, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. I think the thing, the, the thing is, the thing is, one of the things, the most important things that uh, that I would like to talk about is what kind of coach would you want to be at Tulane? What kind, who, what, what type of coach, in your opinion, fits Tulane's uh, profile? I would really love to see a, one of our former players come back, you know, or more, you know, another former player come back, um, you know, to be on the staff. Like I've loved having, you know, I remember watching Daniel Latham, our current pitching coach. Um, you know, I grew up watching him play baseball for us. And um, again, you know, this season's just been like, along with the inconsistencies, you know, just some of our closers haven't been able to finish it out or, you know, just some of our relief pitchers just not, you know, struggling or just struggling for a while. So, you know, I have, you have to wonder, you know, is this on Daniel Latham or was this on Jewett, you know, not giving him the uh, the freedom or the room to, to grow his players. You know, I'm not sure what that, you know, coaching staff dynamic looked like. Um, but I mean, I would, I would not, I would love to see one of our former players come back as a head coach if, or if not, you know, toward a right, you know, his second hand, right hand man, second hand man. Um, there's plenty of guys who are, already have these coaching jobs. We'll just see if they are lured back, lured back, or if they even want to come back. Um, you know, I think Matt Reiser's up at Southeastern. Matt Reiser did great stuff for us. Um, who Andy, some people tossed around the idea of Andy Canizero coming home. And I don't think that's ever going to happen. Not with his current track record. Um, yeah, because he got uh, he got let go at uh, what was that at Holy Cross, right? At, yeah, Hol- Holy Cross High School. Like, what um, was the story? I, he didn't he didn't have another affair with some woman, did he? So, we, there nothing was ever officially said um, by the Andy. Can he came out with his own statement, or you know, an attorney? Someone wrote it. You know, there was a statement made about from him though that. Um, they changed administration, whether it was like the principal, I guess it had to be the president or maybe the principal at Holy Cross came on um, relatively recently and let him go, um, you know, for reasons and didn't necessarily just, you know, a difference in, you know, how they want things run. Um, I mean, this new person very well could have come on and just said, you know, this guy's got too much baggage. I want, you know, I don't want him here. I don't want him associated with us. Um, but no, nothing yet. And I hate to say yet, but nothing has come out that there was another, you know, affair or, you know, anything like that. And I certainly hope not. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen another fan. I saw another fan bring up, um, you know, does he get a second chance somewhere? You know, he, you know, he does, does, does he deserve a second chance? And, um, you know, I, I think I'm a, you know, generally a forgiving person and think everyone deserves a second chance if they really want it and are, you know, committed to not 
you know, making the same mistakes or doing the same thing. But um, I know it's, I can see how or when, why schools, you know, would be un- not trusting after what happened at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can see why I can understand why. Um, I, I think he's great, though. I hope he does get another chance somewhere, even on staff, not maybe not a head coach, but, you know, on a staff, you know, maybe at a smaller school, smaller college, um, you know, looking to rebuild a program. So I wish him luck and I hope he does get chances. I just don't I don't see that happening here. Um, oh, absolutely. I think I, 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 there's a story that I, I never told. Uh, Donny Tindall who coached at Southern Miss, I, uh, he had, I had his phone number, right? This was mm-hmm. when they were trying to, uh, they were trying to, uh, replace Ed Conroy. Uh, okay. Ed Conroy at, at Tulane. So Donny Tindall wanted me to, I, I think Dannon had just, I think Dannon was the, I think he had just became the athletic director. Uh, just became the uh, athletic director at um, at Tulane. He wanted me to put in a good word for him at, at Tulane University to be um, the, the the be the next basketball coach. And I remember talking to Graf about this. I said, Graf, how would you feel about Donnie Tindall as a head coach? And he was like, Are you nuts? Are you insane? So it's sort of like the same thing I thought I, when I, when you bring up when you brought up Annie Canazaro, it's the same thing that I saw that I saw with Donnie Tindall. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you, you know, you don't want to deal with that baggage. And I'm looking at the stats that Tulane had. Tulane scored was third in runs. They had third in runs, fourth in hits um they were third third in um third in runs fourth in hits first in doubles third in triples um you know they they were fourth in stolen bases and they had a fourth the fourth best era in the division i mean in the conference fourth best opposing batting average um that um runners picked off they were second like all these stats you would think this team was a 40 win team and it's just like they just could not get it together after more after after mardi gras you're you're right it's it's wild to see those numbers you know those stats put up and then you know the record or you know just our overall you know the the scores you know just didn't just didn't really match you know that you know and I would like to know, I haven't looked at it or I haven't heard it recently, but I would love to know the number of base runners we stranded this season. That was probably my most frustrating thing was stranding all these base runners, you know, that, you know, whether it's, you know, you get a two out rally, put a few guys on, you know, maybe get a couple, you know, a run or two brought in, but then, you know, you just strand all these guys. And, you know, when you tally it up at the end of the game and say, you know, we would have blown these guys out had we, cleared the bases or gotten more runs in. So I think this season, you know, more than anything, that was the most frustrating for me. And I'm sure at least one other person was the number of base runners we left on this season. 
if if Danon doesn't get this right, what does this say about Danon? Because I don't know exactly what 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 hire has Troy Danon got right at Tulane. I mean, maybe Willie Fritz. Willie Fritz. Um, I mean, I know we talked about you know we talked the first time you had me on your show that you know, people were skeptical, you and others were skeptical of Ron Hunter's hiring. And, you know, I hope that this past season, you know, kind of cements his, you know, that this is just the beginning of a great, you know, career for him at Tulane. Um, since we've had, you know, these promising guys, you know, Mike Dunleavy, you know, I think was an impressive hire, but all, you know, at first, but then, you know, looking at how he played, it was just like, eh, you know, didn't translate as well. Um, you know, something I want to bring up that a, a former Tulane baseball player said when he found out, we know when the news came out about Jewett getting fired. Um, and he's absolutely right. He put it perfectly in the word into words that, you know, he, Jeremy Maltabano, he had a career ending injury um, in, at Tulane. Um, and he said, he came out and said, he said, if you know me, you know, I was, I am not a fan of Jewett. You know, I never was, but it sucks when, you know, someone comes in and gives it their best, but their best isn't good enough. You know, he said, I'm sorry that, you know, I said, I'm sad that his best wasn't good. You know, it sucks that his best wasn't good enough and, you know, that he's having to move on and, you know, best wishes to him. Um, which if you, if you, if you follow baseball, then you knew that Jeremy really didn't like him when he was in school. And, um, but I, I mean, that's absolutely right. You know, for, I would think maybe any coach that's come through, you know, if not for the person, then for the team, you know, for those kids that it sucks that their that your coach gave it their best, but it just didn't work out, you know, for one reason or another that they tried, you know, it just wasn't the right fit. Um, and that's, you know, kind of, you know, at least I, you know, being the, I think, kind and sympathetic person that I am, you know, these coaches that have come through, um, like when CJ was coaching football, um, Curtis Johnson, that, you know, he was the Saints wide receiver coach. And I, think he, I don't know if he's, is he still with the Saints? I know he went back. I think he's him. still with the Saints. I think he's still with the Saints. When he was let go from Tulane, I know he went back and I think he's still with them. You're right. But it, you know, it sucks that, you know, these guys have a vision and, you know, these, you know, they're getting a chance to, you know, lead a team on their own and it just doesn't translate very well. Um, you know, their ideas just don't work. Um, so it sucks. It sucks for Travis Jewett, you know, suck for Mike Dunleavy, um, you know, and if nothing else, even if, you know, you don't like these guys, I think it just sucks for the kids that, you know, this is their chance. You know, they have dream, have dreamed of playing college ball, professional ball at some point, maybe, you know, and they come to these schools with the hope of, you know, polishing and honing their talents to, to, to make it big. And, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't translate. And, you know, did, did you waste your time? You know, I think you might feel like, did I waste my time coming here with this coach? you know, what if I would have gone somewhere else? So if nothing, you know, I feel for the guy, I feel for Jewett or any other coach that's practically almost any other coach that's come through that it just didn't work out. Um, I think I more feel for the kids, you know, that really love the game and are there and, you know, are committed to trying their best too. I think that's the, 
uh, the, like the smart way to look at it, the, the smart thing to uh, look at, because I feel like the kids suffer the most because these kids, um, these kids, they made a commitment to this coach and he's not going to be there anymore. And you feel all kinds of, you know, all kinds of, uh, 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 you have all kinds of mixed emotions about it. You may not like, you may not have liked the coach. Um, you may not have liked the coach, but when he gets fired, you don't, you know, you're like, Hey, we, I don't want to see him get fired. Right. It's an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's a shame when it happens. Um, is, you know, obviously I don't play for him, so I can't speak to him as, you know, man, I can only speak to these guys as coaches and, you know, I'm sure in person, you know, their friends love them, their family loves them, but the same time, you know, being nice, being funny, being person, you know, being personable doesn't, that doesn't pay the bills. That doesn't get you, you know, that doesn't get you everything. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. It sucks, but I'm, I'm happy that we're moving on. Uh, Like you, I'm, I really hope Dannon gets this right. Again, I, I like Troy Dannon also, you know, and I'd like to see him stick around, you know, as our athletic director, um, you know, a couple other coaches, volleyball, women's volleyball needed a new coach too. Jim Barnes did well while he was there, but, you know, eventually it was kind of like, yeah, you know, okay, maybe time to, to do something better. Um, and he was let go um, after this season also. So they're, um, I'm not sure if they've hired someone else or if they're still in that process of looking, but um, you know, definitely baseball is not the only sport looking for new head coaches or getting a new head coach this year. One last thing. You did talk about Lisa Stockton and Lisa Stockton is now the only coach, her and Blake Dean, I believe, are the only two coaches that are still at their same job since I moved here seven years ago. And uh, what's your opinion on her before we uh, before we wrap this up? Um, I have a huge amount of respect for Lisa Stockton because, um, like you said, she I think is like the longest serving you know coach we currently have for any you know of our collegiate sports. I could be wrong, but um, she's done great things. But um, you know, and she's done things in the last few years. But again, is it you know just good enough? you know, is she doing, are they doing just good enough? They're keeping, you know, that she's still around. Obviously she's well-liked. So that's not the issue. You know, people love her, but um, I mean, you know, I think the standard needs to be raised all around, you know, is it time, you know, how much more, how much, I guess, how much more does Lisa Stockton have in her, you know, to keep the women's basketball team relevant. And that's not saying, you know, they've done so poorly, but um, you know, I guess, are you keeping her for, around for the right reasons? Right, but right, because I, I remember as a kid, Tulane basketball, like the women's basketball team, I mean, they were always in the NCAA tournament. Um, they went like nine straight years to the NCAA tournament. Since 2003, they've only been once to the NCAA tournament. They've only... Uh, been once they won that the year that they won twenty six games. Uh, I, I take that back. They've been to, they've been to the NCAA tournament twice. They've been to the NCAA tournament twice. Uh, the last time they went was two thousand fifteen, 
but they haven't won a tournament game since 2002. Uh, <laughs> since 2002. What the, the thing with women's basketball is it's not problematic. You know, it's, there's not this, you know, you know, major trauma or shape, you know, these, you know, hor you know, horrible finishes in the season. Um, do I think she's a great coach? Absolutely. Um, just, you know, are you keeping her around because she's, you know, you think she's a great coach or do you think, you know, are you keeping her around because you can't do any better? It's, you don't feel, you don't feel like you can't do. You exactly. Can, um, you don't feel like you can do better. And I think that's what you, I think that's what Tulane, I think that's what you're seeing with Tulane because I think about, um, I think about what happened with, um, I, I, I would say what happened with Bob, well, Bobby Knight, that was different. Bobby Knight, that was different. I mean, he kind of did it to himself, but also the last few years he was at Indiana, they didn't get to, they didn't get to the second weekend of the tournament. Mm -hmm. And and I'm thinking, okay, he should have been let go before this because the behavior that you allowed to take, you allowed, you only allowed it because he was winning. Now that he's not winning, it's easy for you to say, hey, look, here's what's going to happen if you don't do what we ask of you. Yeah, and I think that's true, you know, that this can apply to any, you know, coach within, you know, any school and, you know, looking at Tulane that, um, you know, the football team went to, you know, three bowl games in the last four years um, and we won two back of Back to back. Yeah, back three back to back years of, of bowl games. We won two of those. Um, and then I really, I know we've talked about that this past season was, I really, I just think a true anomaly that the hurricane really kind of messed a lot up. So I'm not, it's not that I'm not counting this year, but I'm giving them race for this past season. But um, I, I think, you know, yeah. Like when do you look at and say, you know, we're going to the same games every year. We're going to the same bowl games every year. We're doing, we're, we're ending the season the same every year. How can we do better? Um, you know, I see no reason why we can't be like a Cincinnati in our conference who played in the, you know, play, who went, went to the playoffs against Alabama. I mean, I was rooting for Cincinnati, but, you know, I think a lot of, you know, we all knew in our hearts that that was Bama's game. Um, they were going to win that they were going to go to the title game, but, you know, I see no reason why our football team can't go, you know, can't be eligible for, you know, the playoff, the college football playoffs. Um, so I say this with any sport, football, men or women's basketball, baseball, volleyball, sailing, all the stuff, you know, I see no reason why we can't compete at the top with the best. And with whoever the coach is, are you gonna get to that promised land? Or are we sticking with the same people because it's easy? And convenient. I, I think I would say it's the latter. I think the thing you have is the reason why Gonzaga and all these private schools were able to do things is because you had administration that the, an administration that understood that athletics was like the the, the front door to the university. 
Tulsa basketball, for example, Tulsa, you know, when I was growing up, was always in the NCAA tournament. You always heard about them winning 20 games and stuff. And that, in turn, created more visibility to that university. The same way with Butler basketball, Butler University. What was Butler known for before? What was Butler known for before um, they went to the Final Four? They were just known for that arena, for that arena. Right. So, and so I think Tulane. I think I don't think they want to be great. They just want to be good and just be glad with getting by. I think that's what you've seen with this with the with the university. I mean, it's 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 upsetting, you know, to think that that's you know truly the case because you know again it comes back to you know, baseball, you know, well, what are we paying for? You know, what am I paying to watch? Um, you know, if we are just settling for just good enough or just okay, um, you know, we have this beautiful football stadium that, you know, deserves to be packed, you know, selling out, you know, for any game and, you know, the Devlin Fieldhouse, while, you know, it got a little bit of a facelift, you know, it's pretty much the same skeletons, bones, you know, that I've grown up in going to, you know, I think we have these really beautiful facilities and this beautiful campus that should be full of people, you know, walking through and, you know, excited about. Um, and I saw that with basketball this year, you know, and my dad and a lot of other people said, you know, it's been a long time since we've been this excited about men's basketball. Um, and I, I really hope that Ron Hunter's a turning point, you know, has a turning point for us. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the fall with Willie Fritz, seeing what, what happens this year. Um, you know, I like all these coaches. I like Lisa Stockton. You know, I like them and I want them to do well. Um, so we'll just see. We'll see. You know, we'll see what how this goes. But I think we, we definitely have great facilities that deserve to be packed with fans cheering for the home team. We shouldn't be, not that I think, not that I can recall, but we shouldn't be outnumbered by visiting fans you know, coming right. to our space. Right, right. Camille, thank you so much for dropping by the podcast. Folks, the podcast will be up available on tomorrow morning. As always, thank you for your time this time. And until next time, we will see you down the road.